Foster. I'm Kat, and this is the Bad Pop Production Podcast. Very good. So, I guess just jump right into it then. Please do. Who is Donald Trump to you? God. <laughs> Who is the President of the United States to little old me? Isn't Jeopardy, but... <laughs> it feels like it is. Don't answer with a question, just answer with an answer. Controversial as it sounds, to me at the minute, he is a disgrace to the United States. You think he disgraced? Well, inciting a riot mm-hmm. and four lives have been lost, if not five now I've read in The Economist. Really upsets me, actually. It just seems a waste. Of what? Life. How many people time. have died? Well, I was reading um, The Economist and it's uh-huh. saying uh, that there was four, but there's now five. But I don't know if that's correct or not. So I saw some, some strange reports about the... The, the, one of the police officers supposedly died, but then the department retracted that and said, no, it didn't. And, you know, trying to follow the news through Twitter yeah. is not a good thing to do. But I actually wasn't sure if he actually passed away or not, the, the officer. I'm this not is even all a sure bit confusing. What injuries he suffered, if any, at the, at the protest slash riot? Well, I mean, I can't say much about the policeman that mm-hmm. you're talking about. But I saw a recording and a Trump supporter, a female, who was inside Capitol House, or is it Capitol Hill? Capitol Hill. Hill. I don't know. What is the building called? Good question. Is there a is different name? Is it Capitol name House for... the Queen? I don't Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be Capitol Hill. I'm sorry. I think I've locked it up. I think it's Capitol uh, House, isn't it? United States Capitol. It's difficult when you call the building the thing that is also the designator of the, the, the town. Capital House USA. Oh, they just call it... Capital Building. No, you weren't far off. The Capital Hill. Okay. Capital Hill is the location. God, that is actually really difficult. So yeah, I don't really Washington know. DC is the capital, and in the capital you have Capital Hill, and on Capital Hill you have Capital Building, <laughs> which it's holds the houses of... It's that all is capital. actually ridiculous. So... <laughs> A young woman, and you're saying she got into Capitol Building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she got into it, and I saw. And what her, happened and then? Like, well, there was a bang, and a then bang. she, and then she fell back, and there was a lot of blood that seemed to be coming up from it. Oh so she, so I read media reports that said that she had died. Yes. But um, I just feel. She did die. Yeah. She, she she did, and then you mentioned to me there were other art articles that were citing that there were four people that died for medical reasons. I thought it was three, three other people. Which is a bit vague. Like, I don't really know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that means. Um, but there have been deaths, and I know that they maybe chose to do the protest slash the rally, but mm-hmm. Trump did call on them to do it. Um, and I just, I just feel in a way that he's... I don't know whether he's gone a bit mad, whether, as the British would say, he's lost his marbles. Is that a I British don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm British and I know that's a British thing. Okay. Never contradict me in the podcast again. I won't. No, lesson learned. So, <laughs> I think you're wrong. <laughs> it is a British thing. It Come might on. be. So, what happened with them? Um, yeah, so, this woman was a US Air Force veteran, I believe. Um, she is 
clearly a patriot, as the Americans choose to define their patriots. But she did try to break into a heavily armed federal building. And I saw a tweet that, you know, sadly, but, you know, quite accurately says you play stupid games and you win stupid prizes. Um, it is sad, but how much responsibility do you think she deserves for her actions versus Trump for inciting, say, a mob mentality? people don't make the best decisions when they're in a mob mentality. Yeah. Mm, I mean, people tend to take, I was going to say, their ethical cues from what's happening immediately around them. You know, if a group of people is doing a thing, then very quickly it becomes normalised. Um, it's kind of difficult to blame, say, uh, someone who gets wrapped up in a group, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a different situation to find yourself in to make those types of decisions. Um, when you've kind of walked quite easily into Capitol building, mm-hmm. I suspect that trying to find the next room seems like a pretty reasonable thing at that point. Mm-hmm. But that said, she broke into a federal building that was heavily armed. So, yeah, the question is, who do you think deserves most of the blame for this? You know, the people responsible on the ground or the person responsible at the rear shouting, uh, you know, race hate? I mean, that's a really hard question to answer. The judgment call doesn't really lie with me, but my take on the whole thing is is that she did choose and those people did choose to be there and they chose to head inside the building. Trump did push for it. He probably did envisage it entirely panning out and then he made a statement where he was talking about reconciliation and peace, almost like he's trying to... trying to backtrack on the whole thing. I mean... I think the people that were part of that crowd, to me, are they Trump supporters or Republican conservatives? Because 70 million Mm, Americans just about voted for Trump. But the thing is, though, they have no choice if they're conservative Republicans. And I've met a lot of Republican Americans. And I tell you one thing, they're very good people. So I feel that this crowd are a minority in the context of conservative Republicans. Because I've met a lot of Americans who are very conservative in in the context of they vote in in the context that they vote Republican. And I genuinely feel that they're very good people because, you know, as I get older, I'm more realistic and I view people more in the context that a person is more than their ideology, their political affiliations. You know, a lot of these of Republican conservatives, you know, they have families, they care for their partners, they care for their kids, etc. So, you know, they're more than just their politics. I think this particular crowd is very blinkered. So it's almost like there's no point in talking to them because they're so, you know, they can't see the woods from the trees is the saying. I guess, though, the question then would be how big is that group um, within the Republican Party? There's definitely a split now. And I saw, um, once again, a tweet. I forget who it was now. It's a commentator, I think liberal in his thinking, but he said, you know, that the conservative, the, the Republican Party has ridden the Trump tiger for four years and now it's going to eat them. Um, they've certainly allowed this movement to build within their party, kind of like the Tea Party, and I think they're losing control of it. But I saw a very interesting poll that was done um, on the same day as the the riot slash protest and it showed that 40% of Trump people who voted for Trump um, support 
occupying the Capitol building. Um, I thought it was really interesting because those numbers are large. You know, those are not necessarily. There may be some Republicans who are on the fence. There may be some Republicans that didn't vote or even voted Biden, the kind of Lincoln Project effect. But that said, the Republicans, 40% of those that voted for Trump support this action. So, you know, if you think, what, 70-odd million people mm. voted for Trump, 35 million Americans, not including any Democrats that might agree with it, um, about 10% of the US population believe that it was a, a, okay, it mm. was all right or justifiable to occupy the building. And the problem going forward here is that this is a very large group of people and it's not just you know trump fanatics or trump supporters aren't just this very small like one percent of people who think that this is these actions of using a violent mob within a political process is now thought to be okay by 10 percent of the american people that seems to be the interesting thing as you say it's difficult to say there is a difference between just republicans and trump supporters but finding out how big that group of trump supporters are within the republic it's I, not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm, but it's a large part, There's regardless. Like, yeah. you know? And I guess my worry is now, as the Republican Party hopefully moves back to normality and goes back to politics as normal um, after Trump, what happens to this 10% of people that now think it's okay and possible to storm and occupy Congress? Um, I Do they go that. back in the box? Do they rejoin with their fellow Republicans who are more moderate? Or are they now a force that has to be dealt with overall? Is this now a domestic terrorism argument? You know, once again, that's 10% of people have support domestic for this. Domestic terrorism is a term that I wasn't really thinking of until you raised it. It's not really something I've thought about. To me, they're just very blinkered supporters. Mm-hmm. But I think you've raised a really good point. I guess my question to you would be is that where do you see the Republican Party heading now? Because um, I think Trump actually, considering he's only been president for a term, four years, right. I think he's actually changed the Republican Party a lot, in my opinion, for the negative. Obviously, a lot of his supporters wouldn't say that. But how hard do you think it's going to be for the Republican Party to be rid of him? Because he's going to be an ex-Republican president. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you're saying what, there's 10%. Of the Republican Party, uh, no, ten percent are people who voted for Trump, so they will so largely be Republicans, but million. it might be a bit small. It, it will, sorry, it will be about forty percent of the Republican Party, but there might be a few percent here or there that are Republicans but didn't vote for Trump. That's all I'm saying with that. Okay, so I mean, but on the other side, you'll also get there'll be a certain percentage of Democrats, a small bit, but there'll be some Democrats that also agree that that was okay. So, uh, you know, percentage-wise, I'll work out, I think, about, yeah, 40% of the people who voted Republican, uh, roughly. So, I mean, where do you see the Republican Party heading? Because some Republicans have now come out and went against Trump, although you right. could argue it's a bit late, late in the day, urging Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment, which we can maybe talk about later. But I mean, really, more in the long term, where do you see the Republican Party going and can they be rid of Trump as an ex-Republican president? Trump or Trumpism, you know, the the, the movement oh. that he's built will last a lot longer than he will. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I'm genuinely interested in seeing how this goes now. Um, I've said a number of times throughout this that I don't believe Trump was 
way outside the norms. I don't think he was way outside the norms of American politics during his presidency. I think almost everything he did, there is examples of that being done by previous presidents. Um, every measure he took had been done by previous presidents. And also I think his rhetoric you can find within the historical record as well. I think he is dangerous and he is more extreme than other presidents, but he's still within the rough same, roughly the same league as other presidents before him. Um, I think that the other day when he incited the mob, got down to them, said we need to fight, when you had Giuliani saying this is trial by combat, I think that maybe crossed the line into something that what does trial it's, by combat mean? It's vague. That, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, well, I don't know what it's that vague, means. but it's, it, it conjured up violent imagery and it's saying... It, it, it doesn't sound like a trial in a legal sense. It sounds like they're fighting. Well, this is it. You, he, it it's putting fighting above, you know, um, the legal process. Uh, I think that that was actually a real breach. I've never seen an American president do something <sighs> like that before. Um, I don't know how much historical... Um, uh, would you call it when there's a historical precedent precedent yeah for for, for that kind of language no oh, for inciting the mob this way I genuinely think he crossed a the line there I see if if this hadn't happened the other day to answer your question about where how the Republican Party will deal with this going forward how how they'll deal with Trump I would have said that Trump would be a big thorn in their side for a long time, that he would be a shouty person from the sideline. He would get a lot of book deals. Um, he would mm -hmm. be a major political commentator and he'd be able to control, he'd have a lot of power because he'd be able to control a large section of the votes of the party going forward. Um, actually, I think that he may be completely disowned by the party now after this. Um, I think this is the first time he's really gone way too far to an extent that you can't justify it in normal politics. And I think that the Democrats and a few Republicans as well are starting to use phrases like domestic terrorism to describe what happened. If that sticks in the mind of the electorate, if that sticks in um, kind of journalism and the press, he could be on trial, he could go to prison. Um, he could certainly be completely ostracised from the party. Um, as I say, my real worry isn't so much him, but his ability to now control uh, or, or what he's created in this Trumpism, where there's now a large group of militia-minded kind of Waco type. The Proud Boys. And the, yeah. Um, Very blinkered supporters, which yeah. really can't see the woods for the trees. Right. Um, there's no point in even talking to them. It's difficult, though, because if they make up 10, 20% of the electorate, suddenly... Of the Republican side? Well... It or is that been... not the right way that I'm phrasing it? No, what I mean is, you know, 10% of the electorate believe those tactics were okay. So, I mean, depending on how... It's not quite to that level yet for this, this view of the Proud Boys and this very extreme right-wing ideology, but... There does come a question where you really have to ask how you do deal with it. Because as you say, you can't, like, ideally, you don't want to have to talk to people like that. Um, ideally, you want them to be on the very fringe of the politics. But if they are have support of 10% of the electorate, you have to deal with them somehow. And 
do you send them to re-education camps? Do you round them up? Do you wait for them to make a mistake, like bringing guns to DC and mow them down? concentration camp method, though. I don't really agree with that. Or do you talk to them? Or do you just wait for them to build their support and get into power and then hopefully they're not too bad? I mean, it's very (sighs) difficult to say what you do now. Um, This is out of the bag. This is a kind of, you know, very extreme... I don't know if the centre holds at this point. Maybe we're making a bit too much of a judgment call on very recent events. Mm. Because we need to bear in mind Trump technically is still the president. So in years to come, maybe history might not view him in such a negative light. Look at example for Nixon. He is viewed now in the historical sense as a much better president than he was when he left, when he was right. forced to resign. Yeah. So we need to think about it in that context because these are very recent events. Sure thing. I mean, I don't know. So what you're saying that Trump was no different to other presidents or to other heads of states, you're right that the degree of accuracy as to what he said, you know, he would say things, then he would repeat them, and then he would backtrack, and then he would change the topic. It was all very confusing. Yeah. But it's a distraction, and... A lot of stuff that was going on in the background, members of the public probably wouldn't really know. But I wonder whether he is what you call just highly in- inefficient and incompetent and just not the right man for the job now in hindsight or whether he's a bad person because now he's inciting people. So, or I don't know whether he's actually lost it. Like I mentioned before, I mean, it's coming off as highly unstable because he's not really accepting the facts that he's lost. Mm. So I don't know whether he's unstable and he's lost it, like mentally, because in his own party, just a few of them have come out and said it. One of them being uh, Mitt Romney and John McCain when he he was alive. Um, So the Democrats have all come out, or a lot of them have. The party has the stance and a few of the Republicans have, but I guess my point is, to me, I see all your points you're making about the Republican Party, the Trumpism and Trump, but the thing is, though, it's a judgment call to make it in the short term because we don't know the way that it's going to pan out in a few years. Because bear in mind that the Tea Party movement you don't hear about now. Right. And yeah. the Tea Party movement didn't really damage the Republican Party, though, did it? Because they don't talk no. about it now. Like, it didn't no, damage it. No, I wouldn't it. say it did damage it but at all. Perhaps some people objectively might assess what's been happening now. Trump inciting fighting and combat as to the downfall of the Republican Party. But I don't know if I would say it's a downfall in the long term. I think it might take a while for them to bounce back from it. Not that I'm a Republican supporter, but I guess my question to you is, do you think Trump's lost it? And what could, and if he has, what, what could be done about that? I typically don't think that... I I try not to explain away people's actions by calling them mad or deranged Mm -hmm. or... um, That certainly does come up sometimes, but I do think it's quite rare for people to get into these... Like, very rare for genuinely... So you think I'm wrong to say that? Well, you didn't say it. You asked me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So... (laughs) Okay. I don't... I love you. ...think that Trump... is particularly mad. I think that his actions make sense when you look at the framework that he's operating in. Like, we are both probably 
quite close to the centre, but more liberal and left wing than um, more on the liberal or left side of politics. So to us, this is completely insane and monstrous and barbaric. Um, Do you think he's trying to cling to power? Is that the just, I mean, is that the reasoning? So my, my view has always been on this. He's never struck me as a type of person that would actually lead a crowd and try and like like a Hitler run an actual um, coup with guns against it. He made the promise when he was addressing people the other day outside um, the capital that he would be marching with them at the front. And obviously he didn't. And, and of course, as the president, you wouldn't do that. But he merely said it. He said it. And he wouldn't, though. I don't think he is that type of person. Um, I don't think he's the type of person to want to risk everything he has... Um, in that way, he seemed to be pushing the very legal limits of what he could do and bully people into doing what they could to swing the election for him, which, you know, probably bordering on the illegal, but all presidents border on the illegal. I think that come, that's part and parcel of the job. All, all the heads of states in all the countries around the world. They push it. You have to. You can't get I anything mean, done without. That's it. You can't be nice and but, run a country, can you? You but, can't be good and run a country. But that's kind of my point, though. Um, I I don't think Trump has lost it. I think he probably didn't want it to go that far. Um, I suspect there's a few things motivating him. Um, I think he would like to hold on to power, but I don't think he's prepared to run an armed rebellion against it. I think his main goal at this point is probably to try and hold power legally. I think he's really shot himself in the foot here. This is the first time I've seen him back down on social media and really show that he's conceding the election. Um, Pence has unfollowed him on Twitter as well. I saw that. I, saw that. I don't know he's, what he's that completely, means. He's completely isolated yeah. from even some of his closest allies now. So I don't think that he's... Um, I, I think motivating him isn't an insanity or a belief. I don't think he believes he can do anything to stay in power. Um, I think he'll, he's operating within certain limits. And I think that when they actually stormed the building, I think we found his limit. That's something that he wasn't willing to encourage or get on the... Like, he's not willing to be brought out by the Secret Service and, and shot for treason. Um, it's a democracy after all. But this <laughs> is my point. If, if he... Process. To hold on at this point, he would have to call on millions of his supporters to come to DC with guns and actually fight off against the National Guard and the army and take back control. Um, and if he lost that, which he probably would, he'd be taken outside and shot for treason. Um, if a senator had died or a congressperson had died in that mob attack, there's a good chance he would have been executed like that would have been mental well five um, of his supporters did die That's but i mean a real person is. a real person a, a you mean a politician person. inside the yeah. building that would have been but what i'm saying is i think that's his limit we've seen that that's his limit we've seen that he's not willing to cross that line i think that well, that's big, a good thing it is a good thing and as i say i think that shows that he is of sound mind and kind of to some degree rational i think at this point he's probably hoping to make his money from book deals, which most presidents and make their deals. From. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's probably just going to try and salvage that at this point and try and keep his supporters sweet and try and keep um, everyone in politics sweet enough that they won't, um, they won't push him out. Did you see that Nancy Pelosi had a talk with the... Um, uh, oh, who is it now? The Was it a Republican chat? No, it was the... 
there's someone in the defence department, I can't remember who it was, but she mm. said that she'd had a meeting with them just to make sure that Trump wouldn't start any wars in his last two weeks or launch a nuclear weapon. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't be laughing, but it's like... I think that's probably for optics. I think she's probably done that for the press of the it. The Pentagon chief. Yeah, I don't actually think there's any risk Schumer of him doing McConnell. that. Oh, wait, Pelosi, Schumer, McConnell and McCarthy. Now, McConnell is a Republican. Yeah, he is. Mitch McConnell. But he was against him for a while now. He's not really been a big supporter of He looks of like a turtle. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's just kind of gone along with the flow. So, I mean, what do you think can be done in the short term? There's been a lot of talk about invoking the 25th Amendment. So, can you tell me your view on that? I'm Are you actually... aware of what the 25th Amendment is? Like, I don't want to kind of ask you questions. No, only in, about... only in the vaguest term. I'd love mm-hmm. an explanation if you know what it is. Because I, I, it's the, the process by which, yeah, the, I think the vice president and the cabinet have to vote to remove him. I don't think the Senate or it's the Congress has the, the ability. Half the cabinet. That's what I read. Um, um, on grounds that he's not fit to perform his duty. Uh, so the 25th Amendment of the United States Constitution deals with presidential, with presidential succession and the disability. Section 1 clarifies that the vice president becomes president if the president dies, resigns, or is removed from the office. So it's about removing him oh, from Oh, so it's a large office. set of arrangements for the secession of power. To... Because I doubt he's going to resign. Cause in Did you say it covers the death of a president as well? Uh, or is it just... If the president dies, resigns, mm-hmm. or is removed from the office. So, yeah, I mean, it's true that he might die, but I highly doubt it. And I also highly doubt that he'll resign in the short term that he's in the office. So the o- only option that this covers for him to be removed. But do you think Pence has the balls to go ahead with this? Because it's hard to really gauge Pence because he never really said anything or yeah. did much. right. But the role of VP is largely quite ceremonial. Mm. And I know that Trump's his boss, but in regards to the context of what's what's happened and that he's unfollowed him now on Twitter, um, yeah, posted the Biden and Kamala Harris poster on his site. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether he's in the very short term trying to remove himself, but do you think if things got worse that he would need to, if he was really pushed, like him and... Half of the cabinet. I don't know how bad it could get before. Like, I think that was the time to do it. I don't think he'll do it now. Like, if he was going to do it... I mean, inciting a riot and five people dying in the Capitol is quite bad. In the, the Capitol building. Yeah, it is bad. It's very bad. The, I think they've said that impeachment proceedings are going to go ahead next week. And that's going to pass. So he will be... He'll either be impeached or removed. Again? Yeah. But it's like he was impeached, like, years ago. He was, but that was, uh... He managed to whip everything. Like, people didn't give... He didn't give, um... He didn't give, um... A lot of people didn't give, um, evidence against mm-hmm. him at that point and plus the republicans controlled the senate so there was no chance of that going through that was once again just optics by the um by the democrat party um there was never really into it at this point both the senate and the congress and 
even his own party are willing to get him out now because that's really dangerous and he, he will destroy the entire Republican Party if he uh, if he doesn't if they need I to mean show in the short term but hopefully the party you're will you're quite return. right people only think I, about I short term so. you know if you're only in for four years or two terms uh, you know it's that's all you can think about um, but I, I, he will be removed from office before the 20th I, I think that's a guaranteed now I think impeachment takes longer, surely, if we want to I think you can rush it through. Just use the 25th. No, I think at this point... Because there's nothing to hear. It's not like a criminal case, this one. There's no evidence to be given. They're putting it on very open facts. Plus, there's huge political, bipartisan political will to see this through now. Um, But to get back to the question about whether Trump, uh, Pence will do it, I, I don't think he will. If he was going to do it, he would have done it this week. He, he doesn't knew have the balls. impeachment was coming. He doesn't have the courage. I don't know though. It could be. I. I really. As you said, I actually don't have Pence's number. I don't know what he is. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to gauge Pence because, like, he literally is like a piece of wood, and he never really expressed ed- any opinion. Like I mean, he was always just like. But because uh, of that, I find it hard to say he's not doing it because he's too scared or doesn't have the balls. There could be a lot. Like, there's always like, there's always a lot going on behind the scenes with these things, and which which we would never really know about. It might be that Pence. It might be. I have no evidence for this. I'm just saying as an example of something that might be motivating him is. It might be his own party said, actually, we want him impeached so that he doesn't run again in 2024. We want to have a complete clean slate for that. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine Trump 2024. But do you know what I mean? The impeachment might be preferable for them. Um, do you think he's even going to... Do you think after what's happened with the riot and the fighting, do you think Trump's just going to leave now? Because he's been fairly quiet on Twitter... And his online comments. So, do you think he's just going to leave now? Like, do you think he's just accepted it? Because he's keeping a bit low now since all of this has happened, since the Capitol incident happened. It depends. Once again, I'm actually out of the loop. I'm not prepared to say any of these people are just mental or mad. I actually don't know what their motivations are at this point. Um, I think he wants to cling to power. I think everyone does in that. But most people do, but he doesn't have the intelligence. And the United States, like, he doesn't have the intelligence to become a dictator or even to become more autocratic. So there's that, but equally, the US prides itself in the full democracy and the strength of it and the strength of of the institutions. Also, there's the deep state. There might be. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people and groups that uh-huh. have their own interests. Correct. Yeah. So if someone begins to damage it, even if they have significant Correct. power, yeah. then they the have to The institutions of the United States are, are incredibly strong, and I think they would withstand any barrage. They pride Trump their democracy, so they have to be them. strong. But once again, I don't think this is a case where I'm not being smart enough for it. I don't know if being a dictator really does require intelligence as a prerequisite. I think a lot of dictators are just... Well, to get maniacal. there, it does. I don't even know, but I think a lot of them... It takes a certain a, type of personality, no? It does, but I wouldn't say intelligence is necessary But can it. you argue that the type of personality does play into success? Yes, of course. I think Although that, that think type of success is a negative. Yeah, I don't think Trump is. that. I say, for me, I, most people that become dictators don't really have a lot to lose as they rise to power. They're actually prepared to risk everything. They tend to be working class peasants or 
um, at the absolute highest middle class. I mean, when was the last time you heard of a billionaire becoming a dictator anywhere in the world? Like, started as a billionaire and then became a dictator. If someone's really rich, they're really not prepared to risk or like the good lot they have in life for, you know, a one in a hundred chance They're too of success. Sensible in that way. Yeah. yeah. And I think Trump's the exact same. I don't think, you know, he's willing to risk his fortunes, however big or small they are, um, for a small chance say overthrowing the American government's just an insane idea. But um It's not democratic though. I think he would have if he picked it his moments right, I think he could have um maybe damaged some institutions and gotten a little bit out of it but um the institutions are so robust in the usa that as you say people call it the deep state and there's a bit of conspiracy around that it does sound a bit conspiratorial and i'm not a conspiracy nut but just the institutions are so robust that to actually pull that off is is insane it's actually a very open society as well there's a lot of information out there that is readily kind of disseminated and, and people debate it and um yeah i don't i'm just really not yeah really not prepared to say that either trump or pentagon lacks balls or has this or has that i think they're making decisions and i like to try and figure out people's motives when i decide mm-hmm. why they're doing something and i don't really know that i have that at this point i don't know what trump's goal would be at this point point. Um, as i say up until the other day i felt trump's goal was to fight tooth and nail pushing the legal limit right to the limit very much the limit passing it a little bit i don't actually think he intended to incite a riot on congress um, and i think he also wants to keep this base sweet so that he can make money off of them once he's out of the office i think that was always his plan as well um but now i don't really know what his goal is it, 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 as you say he's been in hiding for a while now he hasn't really been out or too public so he's very low he's very isolated I mean, like we were talking about the democracy in the US, I mean, in essence, the Trump supporters stormed the Capitol to block the transfer of power. Yeah. But they failed in um, doing that. So Mr. Biden, when he talked about unity, it seems to be falling short with the 17, or maybe not all, but with the majority of people that let's say, vote voted Republican, which was 17 million Americans. So, I mean, where do you see the country going in the future in terms of unity? It won't. This is going to get a lot it's more nowhere. extreme. It's going absolutely nowhere. The left it's not and progressive, the right? right are both going to get more extreme. Um, more entrenched. Because Biden is not a unity candidate, for one, but also he's actually not a left-wing candidate either. Um, a lot of your kind of BLM protesters and BLM mm-hmm. activists, um, a lot of your kind of Bernie Sanders supporters, they're putting they put a lot of their hope into Biden to be a complete reversal of Trump and a very left wing candidate, and he just isn't. He's a kind of Tony Blair sort of centrist, and see when he doesn't deliver on these promises over the next six months to a year. I think there's going to be a really big issue where you've got a, a violent militant left and a violent militant right who number in the tens of millions and they're kind of going at each other in, a, in an environment now where people are aware that they can breach the seat of government. 
I don't think the institutions will fall. I don't think America will fall. I think it will be um, restored. I think you'll find an equilibrium at some point, but... Years to come, perhaps. It's far too hard to say at the minute. I think the next election in America in 2024 will be very interesting because I think you'll find very extreme candidates on all sides um, because the... Entrenched candidates. Yeah, they refuse to budge. Yeah. They're very blinkered. Because say you've got 35%... Uh, sorry, you've got um forty percent of Trump voters who believe those actions were okay. Um, the same percentage of people on the left who believe those actions were okay if it was for their cause. This is one of the hypocrisies that um, pancake flips. Flips, right? Yes, yeah, same thing. So the action isn't justified when yeah. it's not your cause, but when it's your cause, it's okay. I mean, they breached really the government building, but there was very little damage done. Very little. Mm -hmm. Very few people died actually i know a few people did but for a protest of that size and that level of anger and um, that was called you know a riot domestic terrorism whereas the black lives matter can kind of burn down parts of cities and riot and loot and destroy a lot of property and that's called a protest Do you remember the cnn photo that came up and the right wing loved it because <laughs> it was the the presenter um it was uh, the image of one of the cities at night there were three cars burning in the background smoke <laughs> rising and the thing said fiery but mainly peaceful protests <laughs> <laughs> and you're like well you know uh, the left would be quite happy to see congress stormed if it was their side doing it i think the same mm -hmm. percentage and um, the small number of very extreme people on either side is growing and my worry is yeah over the next four years i think you're going to see a lot more of this politics hitting the street and maybe a lot more uncertainty fueled by foreign actors you know china and russia are loving this kind of animosity and dissent in america because america has put that into their countries for years um, because you know. the division in the united states means they're not a strong country right but they still have a lot of international power but when trump was uh but trump with the last four years has been more what's the word internally focused and more about himself than he has about progressing the country in the international level um, I like. I mean, I guess one of the positives is that he didn't start a new war. That's always a positive. Um, but it's interesting. So kind of going to Biden and his kind of talk about unity and you saying that he's not going to manage it and he's not a unity candidate. It's really interesting because it doesn't really sound that you're viewing his future presidency particularly successfully. Let's say if he even serves two terms. Yeah. And I kind of agree with that because what I was thinking is that his transition team are filled with former Obama workers. Right. Former um, Mr. Obama um, staff members. Mm -hmm. And I think probably... Because he's the polar opposite to Trump in a lot of ways, he's he'll probably reverse a lot of laws that Trump's passed. He might restart negotiations with the Iranians, um, enter the United States back into the climate change accord that right, was yeah. signed in Paris, which Trump pulled out of. Um, so I'm just not sure. Let's say hypothetically, because we can't see if he's going to serve two terms. So let's say that he just serves one. It kind of sounds like to me with the country's divided and it is and nothing's really changing and people are going to become more, like you mentioned, extreme, like I said, entrenched and blinkered. It doesn't sound to me like there's going to be an awful lot 
of production. <coughs> so me. how successful will his presidency be? Like right. like 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 when I'm thinking about the assessment now, I'm 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 just thinking that he's probably gonna not really have any of his own achievements, that his administration won't have any of their own achievements and it'll just go back to Obama's. But Obama's main achievement was healthcare, which is slowly being picked apart in the courts. And I'm not sure how much of Obamacare, as they called it, or the technical word for it was the Affordable Care Act, is actually left. Because a lot of opposition against it kind of tried to go through the legal means to block it. Um, so I don't know, like, I don't know how much achievements that he's going to have in his own right. But yeah. I will say one thing. That Trump That's succeeded really interesting. doing one thing that Obama did not, and do you know what that is? He picked a fight with China, which Mr. Biden will, and I guarantee you, will need to continue. Yeah. And Trump was very, you know, he would praise the president of China, but he picked a very selective trade fight. Yeah. The soybeans he was fine to send across, but he had the tariffs. No, he forced China to buy a certain he number of soybeans. Yeah, okay. That was that was good for a you know soybean but farmers. Weren't there also tariffs that were put on the imports that China imported to the U.S. Or am I wrong in that? They did. They worked them up back and forth, then worked them down. It, it, was, it was part a bit of confusing. The, yeah, I don't really, but he picked a fight with China, yeah. and Biden will no doubt need to continue that. So perhaps China will define the Biden presidency as well. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's quite right um, and there's a concerted effort now against a lot of countries particularly the western countries to go mm -hmm. against china china isn't on good terms with the uk the tiktok app yeah. was supposed to have a hq in london that's chinese that's recently been barred china yeah. uh the uh the uh the chinese company Huawei? Huawei was supposed to do the 5G in the UK, which they're now saying that they've cut the contract for. Yeah. Um, the government of China has issued the grievances to Australia as well. And there's a lot of other countries that are, that are European that are beginning to go against them. So perhaps China is being challenged in that way and it'll continue to be challenged by the United States. I, I don't know. I mean, have you got any thoughts on that? Not a lot. Um, I think you've kind of summed most of that up, actually. I think that really well. I, the interesting thing that you said for me is that, you know, I, I think a lot of more Trump really has thrown in a spanner, uh, thrown a spanner in the works for the next four years in a number of ways. It's going to be very difficult for people to pick up pieces and to actually define their own agenda. Um, you know, when people are looking for a lot of relief from the government at this time and a lot of left-wing socialist policies yeah um i think that biden will have to as you say um spend most of his first term at least just undoing trump and that's going to cause a, going back to the obama years that's going to cause a huge upset in his own base that he's not been seen to be doing enough here um, plus some of the movements that he's risen on um, things like the black lives matter things that were um the flames were stirred up by Trump um, and his rhetoric. They're putting, you know, the hope of 
ending racism on Biden's shoulders, and that's an impossible thing to, for anyone. On an old white man. <laughs> yeah, or even a nation to accomplish in... Um, that's a, everyone's job. In less than a but, generation, yeah. you know. Um, plus, you know, Biden actually has a terrible record on <laughs> racism. And, you know, As was have... highlighted by his now VP in the debates, yeah. the busing of the black kids to school, mm-hmm. which... I don't know if he acknowledged that that was now in hindsight wrong because he gets quite defensive about those things. But then a lot of people... It was the 1970s statement where he opposed um, mixed schools. He wanted segregated schools. Yeah. He didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle. I mean... It's... And now he's like a champion for the black people. Yeah. That's it. They put too much... There's been far too much hope put on him. He will be a failed president, I think. There's no way he can live up to the expectations that people have on him now. But I find um... that quite sad because it's almost like he might have been okay in a moderate president if it weren't for the circumstances because yeah. US politics is so divided now at the minute. Right. And it just kind of makes me very vexed and... Uh... I mean, I think this is going to make very interesting fodder for future podcasts, Mr. Hodgson. I think so too. We're coming up to what's that? About 40 minutes or so. So. A bit more than that. We're looking at 46 minutes. So we'll have to cut out that shite we said at the start before we started talking, if you remember. If you remember, will we need to cut out what we're saying now? No. This will probably stay in. But I think it's probably a good time to say goodbye before we say something that does need to be cut out. Okay, this is Alley Cat saying goodbye from Bamprop Productions. Bingo. Bye! Bye-bye. My name's Alistair Hodgson. And I'm Kat Turner. This is a Bampot Productions podcast. So what is in the news today? Well, thanks for asking, Mr. Hodgson. It is Trump, Trump, Trump. That's all they're talking about in The Economist and The Times. Hmm. <laughs> Shall we proceed with that? Why did she look at me and go, hmm? That's very interesting. No, head, head away what, what headlines are picking out today. Because it's a Saturday, obviously. And on a Saturday... Typically, politics isn't really moving in the USA. So do you have any stories that aren't just an opinion piece on yesterday's events or has anything new happened today? Well, to be honest with you, a lot of it focuses on, like you mentioned, uh, the so-called insurrection in the Capitol building. But what is more happening today is opinion pieces. There's an opinion piece from Arnold Schwarzenegger on why Republicans must stop Trump. And what paper is he writing? Uh, The Economist. Mm. What? But I'm not... Yeah, but I'm not particularly interested in Mr. Schwarzenegger's Sorry, can I just check? Are they reporting something he said? Or has he written an article in the British Economist about Trump? No, it is Judgment Day... And it's called Arnold Schwarzenegger on why Republicans must stop Trump. Who's it, it is, written by? Uh, it's written by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a letter. Wow. No way. Open it's a letter. letter. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Got you. Actor. 
businessman and Republican, governor of California from 2003 to 2011. <laughs> Actually, The Economist has a few opinion pieces. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I mean, he's not really saying anything that's particularly different to what other people are saying, and he's a bit slow in saying it. I mean, quite a lot of the Republicans now, well, like a few of them, have come out towards the end of the presidency. Um, It's interesting. So an article in The Economist is America's former... Uh, Defense Secretary sound the alarm over Trump um, and Mr. Dick Cheney who was Vice President to George Bush I believe he was the Junior. President Junior was the Vice No, Dick Cheney Vice President okay. to George Bush um, and he's corralled another 10 living former defense secretaries in an extraordinary open letter that's been published in the Washington Post on January the 3rd. And he says, efforts to involve the US armed forces in resolving election disputes would take us into dangerous, unlawful and unconstitutional uh, territory. Civilian and military officials who direct or carry out such measures would be accountable, including potentially facing criminal penalties for the grave consequences of their action on, on our republic. So uh, 10 of them were on board with the letter and they all signed for it. So, so you're seeing what that... is this? Is this is that a genuine risk they feel of service members backing Trump? Or are they doing this just to build a... The kind of optics of it, so that are they trying to win over more kind of moderate Republicans, saying don't go down that Trump rabbit hole, give that up, that's not possible, or are they genuinely worried that there's a military coup in the works at this point? I can't see them being genuinely worried coup. about. I mean, a coup I think in the United States. Most soldiers know their constitutional responsibilities. I mean. Well, soldiers also have to follow orders, but that's what I'm coming on to next. Is that. There's another article. Is the Pentagon still listening to Trump? The president's authority is lessening, but he still controls the nuclear codes. Now, that, like, really concerned me because Nancy Pelosi is said to have called a Pentagon uh, official, um, chairman of America's Joints, Chief of Staff Mark Milley, mm -hmm. and uh, she said that she spoke to him and that she was discussing available precautions for preventing an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike. And what scared me was the answer, because he then said, well... The sad reality is that the US system is set up to ensure the president can order a nuclear strike whenever he sees fit. There are no existing legal ways to prevent him from doing that, short of removing him from office or relying on military officers to resist. But I thought the fundamental rules of any army was that they follow the orders, particularly... Right based on the hierarchy. But that doesn't so always that happen. Me. I mean, particularly, there's a, there is quite a long history of rank and file um, soldiers and, and officers disregarding, not passing information up and not following orders mm -hmm. when it comes to nuclear warfare because they understand the severity of it. People tend to make their own judgments on that, I think a bit more, but you don't have to rely on that, obviously. I mean... 
I don't think there's any risk of this. I still don't think Trump is as mad as they're trying to make him out. And I have to say, I think Nancy Pelosi's letter here or phone call about the nuclear safety of the nuclear weapons in Trump's hand is really just designed for headlines and, and politics. If Trump wasn't willing to lead his protests down to Capitol Hill, I doubt he's willing to start a nuclear war. I mean, if he survived the nuclear war, he would be dragged outside and shot in the head. I mean, if he's not willing to risk standing at the head of a protest, he's not willing to risk war crimes. Um, I don't think that's, yeah, within his... But the way he's acting, I mean, his behaviour and what he's saying is coming off as unstable. So it's concerning. But then I suppose you're right. It is it more unstable now than it was when when it was a couple of years ago mm. or for the past few years? Because he's always said things that are just to me sometimes a bit mad. You're and, right. And like you said, we're not particularly accurate or coherent. But that was part of the way he was talking and his kind of... He's not, I mean, he's not... The distraction tactic. A particularly smart man in the context of world leaders or academics or not. But he's not a stupid man either, you know. Um, I think he does have his certain skill set. But as I say, I, I just refuse to believe that many people in that situation are that mad. And actually, the main lesson to learn from Trump in everything so far has been that most of the stuff he's done has been legal or because it's been open to him to do it. If you have a problem with the things that Trump is doing, you really have a problem with the American political system. And it means you need to build it. You can't just get rid of the person. You need to put safeguards in to prevent the president doing it if you find that to be the case. If you're worried that Trump is able to launch nuclear weapons unilaterally, then you need to work to reform the command and control of nuclear weapons because that's a privilege that every president has, you know, from every moment when they're drunk or they're partying or when they've just woken up, you know, if you don't believe that anyone, that person shouldn't have unilateral access to the nuclear weapons, then you should build a new system around it. Um, the big question was always whether it should be in civilian hands or military hands. Um, and I think it was since, um, was it Eisenhower that dropped, ordered the bomb on Hiroshima? Or was that Which Roosevelt? was it? No, it wasn't Roosevelt, Roosevelt was in the wheelchair, right? He died. I think it was Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower, yeah. Um, I think since Eisenhower launched, uh, gave um, the order to drop the first nuclear weapon, um, that's, it's always been a civilian matter. Um I guess the question is, do you want to put that in either veto or do you want to put the veto or the power to launch within military hands as well? Because then you have a situation, uh, could have a situation like um, the, what was the movie we watched? Was it Doctor Strangelove? Doctor Strangelove terrified me. Yeah, right. Like it was funny, but it really scared me because of that possible outcome that this one mad hatter sure. could just launch it. Yeah. But I thought it had to be launched by the president, but in that it was launched by an army official. Yeah. But I thought it had to be launched by the president. This is the thing. So... There, there isn't really an easy solution to any of this. And I'm really not a fan of saying that all of this is Trump's fault. Or if you take the nuclear football away from Trump, you've solved the problem. 
what Trump really is doing quite a good job here of is almost like a vaccine. He's exposing you to some of the worst aspects of American politics in a way that isn't completely terrifying, which you can get over and recover from. And hopefully if people take the lesson, I would like for there to be a lot of legislation brought through to block future presidents from having this type of power and being able to do these things. Um, yeah, basically just that. I mean, it's a judgment call. I don't know where I really stand on it. I would just say I feel he's quite, from the way he's behaving, in the context of that he has lost the election. Mm -hmm. He had an army of a legal team and every court, including the Supreme Court, yeah. tossed out all the lawsuits and said they had no legal standing. Yet he's still maintaining that he won the election. So does he know that... So I guess my question relating to the nuclear codes that concerns me is that it's so obvious that he lost, but from the way he's behaving, it's like he really feels he hasn't or that the election was stolen from him, which they can't seem to prove. And most of the lawsuits were laughed out of court, if not all of them. So my concern is, is that do we have a man in the White House that's unhinged or is he just trying to feebly cling, cling to power? I mean, I feel the way he's behaving, particularly now towards the end of the presidency, when he should be more concerned with the transition of power to yeah. Mr. Biden is quite a disgrace. I feel he's a disgrace to the United States. But at the same time, it is a democracy. So kind of those people have a right to protest, but at the same time, they don't have the right to, you know, put other people in harm's way. I mean, five people were shot, including a policeman in the Capitol building. That's true. So I guess kind of while kind of you're focusing on should the nuclear codes be handled by military or civilian, should the heads of state be vetoed? To me, it's like I'm just concerned because I feel he's behaving in an unhinged way. I guess my and no one question seems to be doing anything is, about it apart from just talking about it. Outside of this specific instance of Trump, this is, I think, a wider problem. I wouldn't say that Trump is being that unhinged, to be honest. I think he's acting... As I said the other day, the... the the first time he really crossed a major line that has never been crossed before is when he and his posse were really trying to incite violence on Capitol Hill. That, and I think that went further than he was expecting, but um, I think that's where he's really crossed a big line. But What do you it, really expect from his supporters? Right, They're so exactly. blinkered. I like, think, I'm confused because he said march on Capitol building. I think like, he, I'm not sure of the exact words, but did he mm. not say stop the count or something? Yeah. That's, that is literally what they... And Rudy Giuliani said Tried trial by combat, which was the major yeah. one. However, I don't think that he's particularly unhinged. I think the way he's behaving is rational for someone in his position. Um, and the problem is that most people, I think, in his position would be acting in a similar way. There's a good chance that he'll be spending prison time after it. He's got his debts are due with Deutsche Bank uh, this year. His uh, personal debts or the personal Trump? debt oh. to do with his companies. Um, he's in a big financial position and he really needs a lot of things to work for him. I think there's a huge issue in American politics where, you know, I don't think it's just enough. I I agree actually. I think that given he, the danger that he may pose, I think it's worth 
kicking him out, taking him out now. He's crossed certain lines and you don't want to test it to see what he is capable of. Get rid of him. However, I don't think that's the end of the day. I don't think you can just say, right, we got rid of Trump. Everything's hunky-dory and rosy now. And I know you're not saying that as well. But I do think that this highlights a bigger problem with the fact that a president may find themselves in a personally difficult situation and resort. And you might get someone that is genuinely unhinged, who is really prepared to start a revolution or prepared to use nuclear weapons or any military assets in order to remain in power. Um, I think that is a genuine concern. I don't think Trump is capable or willing to do that, I don't think. But the fact that well, someone like else in the future... Too. I don't see why... How idealistic as that may sound now. As I said, if he wasn't willing to march at the front of the protest, he's probably not <laughs> willing to use nuclear weapons to remain in power. Um, in fact, I think that's quite a ludicrous idea that um, anyone would think that he'd go to... that he'd literally burn the whole of America to win the election. Um, however, you might find a situation in the future where... You have a president that is willing to do that. And I think really take the signs now from Trump, someone who is a little bit mad, but not totally gone, and use it to fix the system. <laughs> there needs to be a lot of changes after this. I mean, I suppose in a way you could be right. I mean, is he mad and unhinged or is he just trying to cling to power? Because that's the thing about power. When you have it, you want to keep it. Mm. And when it's taken from you, you're no longer important in a way. That's the thing. So I don't know whether or not this just really has to do with him wanting to cling to power in the position. Because he would because he definitely wouldn't be the first head head of state to become an autocrat or worse, want to remain the head of state right. for life and be a dictator. So I don't know whether it's more that his love of power and the love of being the president is just I don't think that matters, though, because, I mean, most, I imagine most people in politics have their eyes on that prize or Mm -hmm. dream about what it's like to have that. More and more power. And I think the people that are in that position would like it to last longer. Um, But the question is, what route is available to get there and what would you be willing to do for it? I don't think... I mean, the chance, I say the the institutions in America are so robust and they've got such a long legal precedent that is so geared up for the modern age um, that overthrowing it or toppling it is so difficult. Like, the question is, like, not whether he wants it or not. I'm sure he would want to stay in power as a dictator if he could. The question is, what is he willing to put on the line to achieve that? I think he's shown he's not really willing to put that much on the line. You know, the fact that he gave the a small concession speech mm-hmm. the other day shows that he is prepared to... to exactly, but that's what I mean. If he, liability, if, you will. if he was actually deranged, he would be doubling down at that point and saying, yeah. I want six million people with guns in DC on the inauguration. Like, that's what he would be saying if he was unhinged and really was willing to risk everything to stay in power, he's not willing to do that. And I, I say, I just don't view him as as big a threat as most people think. And I have to say, you can argue whether the cause is good or bad, but if the only thing we care about is violence, the Black Lives Matter protests and riots caused far more damage and death than, um, you know, these Proud Boys have so far. Um, I, once again, it's a far better cause. It's certainly worth it. And I don't really have a problem with protests or even a lot of violence at them. But it, I say that his supporters haven't been completely 
unhinged either. Um, I mean, they did do exactly what he told them to. That's right. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, he said, let's march on the Capitol, stop the vote. I right. mean, he probably didn't envisage, like, quite envisage them breaking and entering into a Capitol building and five people died. One woman was shot. There was a policeman that was killed. Three died in another way. So, I mean... To me, it's quite sad, you know. I mean, these are people's lives. But at the same time, his supporters are quite extreme. And they're very blinkered, you know. Right. They, can't see the, they can't see the woods for the trees. And uh, like I mentioned in the last podcast, and I repeat it again, I've met many Republican Americans. Mm-hmm. And um, all I can say is, is that a lot of them are moderate. And... They find him deplorable. But the thing is, though, if you're Republican conservative, then what can you do? You know, you either voted Trump or you didn't. That's the thing. So there's not really much of a choice. But clearly Trump supporters, like like the ones that you see on the recording in the Capitol building are quite extreme. Like I said, they're very blinkered. Like these militia types, they really just can't be reasoned with. But like I also said, people are more than their ideologies and their political beliefs as well. You know, right. these people probably have families that they love and they care for. So people are more than their views. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult one, but um, kind of after hearing what you're saying about Trump and the nuclear codes, I do feel slightly better, I guess. Um, but I guess I'm just kind of like thinking to the future. So I mean, like, Talking about the future, do you think there's going to be more former Republican um, or Republican uh, Republicans come forward to say that to kind of take a stance against him? Like Cheney, who, as we know, has a kind of long political history. Um, There's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, there have been a few. Mitch McConnell and... McCarthy mm. went with Schumer and Pelosi and, you know, they contacted the Pentagon and all this stuff together. So, I mean, do you foresee more Republican figures coming forward or do you think they'll just bide their time till the 20th? Because my concern is if, say, he does hunker down and he doesn't leave on the 20th, then what happens? Who was it that talked about this, um, like, months ago? There was some department, someone said, were more than capable of removing a trespasser from the White House. But like, would they literally just almost evict him? Like, yeah. would they go in and just drag him out? I think so. That, That's know, true democracy. At the point that, yeah, this is what I mean, though. It's not just his decision. Like, the political machines are in motion. Um, Biden, you know, barring some incredible 5D chess game that Trump is planning and playing... Um, he will become president, and at that point, you know, I don't know when the time is he has to be removed, but yeah, he'll be walked out, um, and he'll probably be, you know, if he really tries to sit in there, Frog he'll be taken out, out as a trespasser. Yeah, you can't do that. Like no, none. That's the thing. The institutions are far more important than the person in America, and that's one of the reasons why presidents tend to behave within the system because, you know, the institutions are so strong. They will come out and. The thing that America has that a lot of these smaller tin pot dictatorships don't is a genuine national unity around things like their documents, the constitution, I guess kind of 
they, hegemony they come, or philosophy. They um, come from a culture where they pride themselves on freedom of expression, yeah. freedom of religion, their full democracy. Now, if you pride yourself on that, it seems quite ironic that some of his supporters are marching in Washington. I don't think there's a, what I'm saying like, is... That's ironic. I, but what I'm saying because is... Because democracy said that he didn't win. But to answer the question you raised first, I don't think there is an issue of anyone not removing Trump. I think they'll find it very easy to remove him. I don't think they'll worry about the optics or anything. Like, most of the people in this game care about, you know what America stands for. What Which is more than a person. Says. Exactly, yeah. It's ideas, it's and the principles. Thing is, Trump obviously doesn't have the Republicans behind him because he's not a Republican. He's a, you know, a Trumpian or whatever you want to say. He has his own He's thing. all about himself. He's never been a Republican. He, you know, he wasn't a Republican as he was kind of growing up. He wasn't really big into any political party. Um... He doesn't have friends or networks in there, so I guess people try to ride that Trump wave for as long as they could, but the now Trump it's turning tiger. on them. Yeah, and now it's turning on them, and they're going to try and disown it and kick it out of the party because it will take the party down. Um, in yeah. the short term, but in the long term, hopefully the Republicans can build themselves back up and kind of maybe push towards a better United States, which obviously sounds a bit idealistic at this point in time, but. Who knows what it could be in a couple of years? It, right, you never know how these things yet yeah, turn out. Because but, the ideas um, are more than him. The ideas are more than a person. Correct. Yeah. And as we've seen, the Democrats in Georgia have, have had two stunning victories. Two Democrats have been elected as state senators for the Georgia state. How does that work? Is it, do they normally return... It was conservative before Republicans. So maybe as we've seen, there's been a lot of kind of what you call red states that have turned blue. Although in reality, when you go down to the margins, it was really narrow. So now the Democrats have the full Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate, as they say, and the White House. So they've got all three. So it looks like the Republican Party's going to have quite a hard time and not really have that much power for at least the next we'll four years. Yeah, in the wilderness, yeah. Um, I mean, so hopefully, I would hope that they would learn from their mistakes and come back a stronger party, willing to work alongside the Democrats. Um, but it looks like the Dems, as they say, have all three. They've got the legislative, the executive, and... Yeah. How do you call the White House? Is Presidency. the White House executive? Oh, legislative. yeah, sorry. I uh, know the White House is the executive, yeah. then there's the legislative, and then there's a third term. Legislative and judicial, but I judicial. don't believe judicial is fully dense. But anyway, yeah, so, but I mean, talking about the Democrats, how do you foresee um, Mr. Biden's uh, future presidency shaping up in these negative times? Well, I personally think it's going to add to the problems that 
a lot of these parties are facing, you're going to see a lot of politicians kind of like having things like hung parliaments in the UK or split branches in America because it gives them an excuse not to follow through on all of their pledges and, and whatnot. Um, you're kind of going to see now a president who has every branch of government on his side. Um, I think any limitations he'll have to completely own in it. My worry is that there are people who are feeling very disenfranchised at the moment. And um, my real worry is that they will start to go a bit more extreme as well. Um, on the left, I, I, I think the disenfranchisement with politics is going to increase. And we've already seen this grow in the right wing now. You've got armed militia groups that are willing to fight. Um, see how they go or what happens but you know handling it is going to be really difficult plus do you see the armed militia groups i mean sorry were you wanting to continue yeah to say what you're going to say? so plus the issue is that um for most for most of the history america has been quite impenetrable by foreign um intervention or ideologies um what i mean is that the way america in the past has gone into other nations and tried to overthrow them by supporting different groups or ideas or causing dissent and just a bit of chaos um that's never really stuck in america um it's never really stuck at all, to be honest. And I think this is maybe one of the first times where you're seeing an emboldened Russia and China really able to interfere through things like social media and um, large computer networks, bots and AIs to actually influence this. Design. More and more hacking. Yeah, and uh, but not just hacking, but what I mean is they don't really care whether someone is an extreme left or right wing. They don't want to see Trump win. They just want to see a divided America and they're kind of helping you know the echo chambers of social media are a perfect place to get in there and start fermenting that my worry is that there's a very active left wing at the moment as well in america along the lines of antifa and blm and my worry is that a lot of those people have put a lot of faith in biden and when he is unable to deliver you know what do they turn to next um outside of say you know the political uh political sphere or, or politics um, I I think it's a poison chalice. I know they say that about almost every presidency, but um, you know the challenges for Biden are very very real, and it's an almost impossibly divided country at this point. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes on. That said, I don't think it's going to impact too much of say the wealth of America. I a lot of people say America is dying or it's going or this is you know the worst times in in history. I think America will continue to get richer, the economy will continue to grow, but I think the deep personal hatreds will, and I actually think the institutions will persevere in America, but um, at this point, um, yeah, I think Biden's going to find um, his second term a lot more difficult because of the rebellion vote against them. And ending on that realistic note we will finish our second podcast catch you later bye, bye from alley cat